The Free For All Roundtable. Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer. Near Canada's Wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. On the roundtable today, Matt Gurney is here, journalist, co-founder of The Line, which is an online magazine. And like I say, Dowson is a CTV commentator. And uh, Robert Turner is here from News Talk 1010. Good morning to you all. And let's actually start with the random speculation. Olivia Chow will meet Doug Ford today. Um, Matt, I'm not sure if you were listening when a source tipped us off as to everything that's on the agenda, but apparently it's Ontario Place, Toronto, uh, funding for soccer, and maybe even making up some of our deficit. I kind of like how that last one came in third. It's like, well, you know, the city's facing financial catastrophe. Let's talk soccer, though. Um, yeah, look, I, I think there's been a lot of speculation about how these two are going to get along. And I've actually always found that weird. Um, there actually is kind of a, a surprising, if you haven't been paying attention, history of personal affection between Olivia Chow and the Ford family, going right back to when uh, the Premier's late brother was, was mayor. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Politics is politics. Politics, business is business, right? These guys are going to disagree on stuff, but there actually is a background there of at least some affection and respect, which I think will help. But I don't think Doug Ford's going to budge on Ontario Place. I, I don't know what the specific ask will be on uh, the... Uh, World Cup, and in terms of Toronto's fiscal situation, both the feds and the provinces have been asked repeatedly to bail Toronto out, and the answer has been a very firm no. It's sometimes been a politer, politer no, not always even that polite, but it's sometimes been polite. But the answer hasn't changed, and I don't think it's going to change today. And Robert Turner, Matt's absolutely right that uh, Doug Ford has a reputation in, in almost having bromances with everybody he encounters. He likes to be liked, right? He's a populist. Um, so, and I think he needs a win right now. The, the green belt thing, I don't know if you've been paying attention, not going well. Uh, so if he can come out and make an announcement that, you know, he can sell as a positive and get some positive news, he's probably for that. Didn't the feds in the province already sort of initially agree that, yeah, hey, the World Cup's a good idea. So they're going to have to come forward with some money on that or it's dead. Um, the tricky part will be, how do you help Toronto without ticking off the rest of Ontario? Yeah. But I mean, the, sh what the game we're seeing at City Hall right now is, okay, we need a sales tax. Well, there's no way the province is going to let you do that. So what they're going to do is say, hey, we could raise this much money with the sales tax. Let us do it. They're going to say no. And then they're going to say, okay, then cut us a check. So I don't know what's going to come out of today, but I would imagine Doug is going to want some positive news. So I think something will happen. And like I said, Dowson, they're expected to be on the microphones at 2 o'clock this afternoon. So obviously we'll be covering it here on News Talk. 1010, but I actually do expect it to be a fairly productive meeting. Yeah, I think that if anything, Doug Ford needs Olivia Chow because Doug Ford is tanking in the polls. That Greenbelt scandal that was just mentioned is really sticking to him. Like, even conservatives aren't really annoyed with him about that. And the Ontario Place spa water park thing isn't exactly flying for him either. So and, you know, he's been in power for a while. There's a certain fatigue factor where she's still in the full-blown honeymoon. So it'll be interesting to see how he kind of maneuvers or, you know, cozies up to her, even though he called her her uh, election, her possible election, an unmitigated disaster. So uh, potentially an unmitigated disaster. So I, I don't think their relationship is maybe as cordial as all that. They're very different from the point of view of their political uh, analysis. But they're both pragmatists, and I think Olivia is a bit of a left populist to Doug Ford's right populism. So I think you're right. I think something productive will come out of this, if only because Doug needs 
a win or he needs to look a little bit better than he has been in the last little while. I guess we're going to have split focus today, though. Matt Gurney, I'll start with you again. Uh, Parliament resumes. This should be a really entertaining question period. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, look, I, I think it's going to be terrible. And, I mean, I, sometimes terrible and entertaining are synonyms. Like, I'm with you on that one. Uh, but I, I do think we're heading into a really stupid era of federal politics here. Um, it's. I think it's going to be ugly. I think it's going to be nasty. Um, it's going to be hard. I think there's going to be tears. But I'll pull myself together and keep watching anyway. It's just not going to be fun. And I, I honestly don't know right now if we're going to actually see much being done for Canadians here. I think given how much time is left on the clock, but also how uh, big a lead the Conservatives have in the polls, the Conservatives are going to want to keep that lead and the Liberals are going to want to do anything they can to take it away from them. I don't really know what the NDP is going to be doing, um, but whatever it is, I just have a gut feeling it's not going to leave many of us better off. Okay, well, we'll find out a bit more about where the NDP is headed at 9.05 this morning because Jugmeet Singh is joining us. Uh, but Anne, like I say, and I do agree with Matt that it's going to be a bit of a blood sport this time because this could be the end of Justin Trudeau or he could in two years end up eating Pierre Polyev for dinner. Well, so I think it will be uh, pretty partisan. Uh, you know, Pierre Polyev made his career as Stephen Harper's attack dog, right? And, you know, he's talking about housing hell, like his use of language is really uh, provocative and not, I mean, it's accurate too. I mean, I think the housing situation is terrible, but this is a guy who's pitiless in the, in the, in terms of his partisanship. So, I mean, you know, it's, it is a blood sport politics. Like if you want a friend in politics, get a dog is the old expression, right? So, I mean, it will be, uh, it will be a sparring match for sure. And I think uh, Justin Trudeau is probably not looking forward to it. The thing is, though, that the Conservatives on the housing thing are basically proposing to become the gatekeepers they hate. They don't really have a solution. They want the feds to interfere in housing, which is a municipal issue, right, for the most part, except insofar as they can fund social housing using the Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation. So it's a lot of smoke and mirrors, and I think it won't be pretty, and I, I worry about what's going to happen and i hope the ndp will you know make good on its leverage with the liberals and push through on things like pharmacare and other issues that actually really do help people this dental care thing has already provided dental care for 250,000 kids across canada who haven't seen a dentist recently so there there is some room for you know not exactly optimism but i think some things are actually happening so i it'll be interesting to see i don't think anybody's going to be wanting to go to an election anytime soon right so i think that the agreement between the liberals and the ndp uh, will probably hold if only to keep the conservatives at bay okay listen i want to hop to a few other things and robert turner i'll start with you on this i appreciate i think it was either in the saturday or friday newscast but the city of toronto is thinking of uh, giving up on those parking machine devices where you can pay for parking and i get it the app is amazing yeah. but there are times where i suddenly find myself perhaps at the liquor store and <laughs> i don't have my cell phone and yes. so i have to use a credit card and go to one of those stupid towers we're not going to focus on the fact you're getting in your car at that point but we'll just move on um i don't plan to drink it okay, before sure. i go home yeah um look the 
the city is um, very focused, it says, on equity issues. Well, this is going to be a problematic one because you have a whole group of people, usually older but not exclusively, who may not have cell phones and don't want to make the investment in a smartphone to have an app on it. You also get into situations with the app where to keep it as high-tech and as current as you want it to be from a, a level of you know running the app and making sure it's efficient and making sure it's secure, you need newer and newer and newer smartphones. My wife had to update her cell phone. The only thing that was wrong was her current cell phone wasn't running the Starbucks app. So we needed to, because it wouldn't take the new iOS that would that'd come out, right? So that's, oh that's also part of the, you know, there's obsolescence there that happens with cell phones. It's forcing people into that pocket. So I get why it's attractive, but you're going to be there. It doesn't, it's maybe not a huge group of people, but we saw it with the ArriveCan app. You're going to have people who don't have a cell phone and you're going to have to have a solution for them. Yeah, Matt, I understand it's infrastructure and it's costly to run, but at the same time, like if I was a tourist visiting, say, Washington, D.C., I would really resent having to download an app in order to park. There is always a long tail to every technology. Like, when was the last time? And I, I don't know this offhand, but it doesn't feel that long ago. When was the last time we, you actually saw an old-fashioned parking meter in Toronto? I know it's been a while by now, but it wasn't that long ago. Like, just because people have phones doesn't mean the penetration is that high. As you say, there's always going to be tourists. There's going to be out-of-towners. There's going to be people who don't have their phones. And it, we're all going to look real cute paying for parking the day the Wi-Fi networks aren't working that well like the next Rogers outage or something like let's have some redundancy and resiliency built in I understand the desire for efficiency but we all know that's going to blow up on our face one day keep the damn machines okay and and I can only imagine that you'll be particularly eloquent on this file so I'm curious about your thoughts about uh, Metroland filing for bankruptcy and just dozens and dozens of local publications are going to disappear I think it's I, I think it's really sad because I think some of those publications still do journalism. A lot of them are, you know, sort of community updates. They're not particularly sharp in their journalism, but some of them really still did do journalism, like the paper in Glengarry, which is completely folding after 130 or some years. Like, I, it's just part of this ongoing train wreck of conventional media facing off against, you know, meta and x and whatever the heck you know like I, it's really too bad because i i worked in a regional newsroom for years that kind of stuff is really important to a functioning democracy like people cannot make educated decisions about policy if they can't get access to reasonably good coverage and i so it's it's a big concern to me as a citizen as well as a former reporter i don't i don't actually really know what the answer is but i think we should all be concerned and it's pushing more people towards online journalism cbc ctv global the what the kind of work you guys do when you publish online like that that's you know important and good but not everybody wants to get their news offline and i i don't i don't know what the answer is but i i really am so sad to see all those people hitting the bricks and look you're gonna have to be looking for work i don't know i i really i hope some people will dig deep and maybe get over those paywalls and maybe subscribe to those online publications to keep them alive well and matt gurney you've worked in both media i mean you have worked in print media at the national post and elsewhere and now you have an online publication 
the change is happening really quickly and when we yeah. started our online yeah. publication three years ago we kind of thought maybe we had a five-year window here before some of the legacy companies were really in trouble we just hit our three-year anniversary and entire outlets newsrooms um, newspapers are closing this has been coming a long time but I keep thinking of that old saying how did you go bankrupt suddenly and then all at once yeah. No, sorry, gradually and then Slowly. all at once. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> Thank you all. Good to yeah. have you this morning. That's Matt Gurney and, like I say, Dowson and Robert Turner. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.